Hello and welcome to the podcast series on beingfulness by Professor Ram Nidumolu, practice professor of organizational behavior at the Indian School of Business. My name is Pavitra, your host and friend through this series. With each emerging episode of this series, Professor Ram, through his narration of personal anecdotes and stories from the Upanishads, will help us break down the concepts of beingfulness. Make sure to stay with us till the end of each episode where we pose a pressing managerial question to Professor Ram. By now the concepts of beingfulness are a little more clear. Over the last few episodes we went through the basic tenets of beingfulness and also through professor's own journey. Now we will need professor's help in trying to understand how we can apply these concepts to the practical world um where we work and lead so i think one question that comes up very very often is how can leaders be better how can they be more beingful how can they lead better yeah yeah so one of the questions is often asked is okay how do you convert beingfulness into something practical that you can do at work like such as you know how can you lead at work because we are all leaders in many ways and uh, so how can you apply beingfulness to leadership what i call as beingful leadership or beingful um, uh, leading through being and so uh, here there are some uh, you know tangible ways in which uh, we can acquire some uh, capabilities i've seen in my life and i've seen uh, in the lives of leaders that i admire uh, and i also captured this in a book and uh, that book was called two birds in a tree uh, and uh, what i've seen is a process by which one could uh, try and become a beingful leader and beingful leadership is all about first leading yourself beginning with oneself you can't lead others unless you can uh, lead yourself so it's really leading by example so the process consists of uh, four phases you keep revisiting these phases as you go along the very first one is recognition to recognize uh, this whole uh, concept of being to recognize that there's a sense of higher purpose in us and when i say higher purpose i don't mean just purpose related to us but purpose that includes others purpose has become an important uh, topic in uh, in business and uh, and in society in general so here i want to emphasize the higher purpose side of it purpose that includes others so that awareness of yourself what is core to you what is what are your core values and uh, what is your sense of higher purpose that's what the recognition stage is about and there you develop this very important uh, leadership capability called self awareness and self awareness is really research has shown experience has shown that self awareness is a foundation for all leadership capabilities without self awareness it's hard to progress and self awareness in turn brings in other kinds of uh, capabilities so that's the first stage recognition but you know recognition is still in your mind it's uh, cognitive it's in your mind it's uh, not something you experienced yet in your life and that's why it's important that you have those kinds of uh, actual experiences experiences not just about you but about others understanding others empathizing with others that recognizing their point of view their situation that uh, kind of uh, you know seeing the world through other people's eyes and that's called empathy so that's a very important leadership capability and that comes mainly through experience so the second phase is experience and in the experience phase you are uh, uh, not just understanding yourself but understanding others through their in their own uh, through their own point of view and that's empathy is the leadership uh, capability there but again these are hard to do 
it's difficult to be self-aware all the time. It's difficult to be empathetic all the time. Often you find situations that pull you away from self-awareness and empathy. And so how do you then stay, you know, in a way, uh, steady in your self-awareness and empathy? And that's uh, the third phase, which I call as uh, anchoring. Being anchored in it. And I find this to be the hardest. So here the main leadership capability or competence to develop is self-regulation. Self-regulation is uh, something you're practicing every day. And uh, you practice every day self-awareness, you practice empathy, you practice those capabilities that make you aware of the big picture and still be able to focus, aware of uh, you know, the higher self and still uh, you know, fully express yourself in the lower self. That self-regulation is, uh, is a hard one because it requires daily practice. What I have found useful in uh, my life in uh, practicing uh, self-regulation is what I call daily meds. These are uh, sort of internal medicines you take. It's, it's not external pills, but uh, internal medicines you take on a daily basis. It's daily M-E-D-S-S meds. First is meditation. The M stands for meditation. It helps to meditate uh, 15 minutes a day, even five minutes a day. It gives you time for reflection. The second one is daily exercise. It is critical. It's not just good for your body. It's not just physical exercise, but it's also good. Exercise has been shown to be beneficial to all aspects of you, to your well-being. Then the third one is your diet, watching your diet. That's very important. Food accounts for a large percentage of our well-being. So being careful about your diet, watching uh, in some cases your sugar levels, your calories and so on. Being conscious about what you eat. The fourth one is sleep. Increasingly, the research is suggesting that uh, sleep is just vital. It affects all aspects of our well-being. Until a decade ago, it was not clear the, the need for sleep. But I think the last uh, decade or two, the research is very clear. Sleep is, is just at the center of your well-being. It affects everything. It affects your psychological well-being, your physical well-being, and so on. And the final S is uh, something special. So in the daily meds, first is meditation, next one is exercise, diet, sleep, and the final S is something special. And that special is something that keeps you in touch with that deep part of you. It could be singing, it could be service, it could be reading, it could be gardening. Whatever these special hobbies are, and you may have given up these special hobbies during the pandemic to rediscover them. It could be painting, whatever it is that touches you in, a, in, your, in the deepest place. So these daily meds, as I call them, are great ways to become more self-regulated in life, to acquire that self-discipline. And discipline is not a, not a good word for many people, but nonetheless, it's needed. And so, yeah, I found daily meds to be very helpful. And the final stage, so in some ways, self-awareness, empathy, and uh, self-regulation, which reflect these three stages of recognition, experience, and anchoring, they're all primarily internal to you, but you need to be able to show them, manifest them. And uh, that's what I mean by leading by example. You have to, uh, it's, being fullness and being full leadership is all about leading by example. You can't expect something from others unless you yourself demonstrate it. And so that's, that's why I call this whole methodology of this process as the real process. Recognize, experience, anchor, and lead. And the core capability, leadership capability in leading by example is integrity. And I cannot overemphasize the great importance of integrity.
Integrity is uh, things being put together in the right way, holding together, a sense of balance, a sense of uh, conformance. There's a sense of harmony in, uh, inside you and uh, whatever you do outside of you. So integrity is really, it's a word that's linked to uh, the ancient Indian word dharma. Dharma is all about balance. Dharma is all about uh, things being in place. So integrity and dharma are very similar. Integrity is a, a, a something that holds together. The whole uh, is, uh, is in the right way, is harmonious. And dharma also goes back to an even more ancient world, a word called rita. And rita was uh, the word that uh, symbolized the world in balance. The world has integrity. And uh, rita is also the source of the word right in English. So what is right is something that held together well. So yes, integrity then becomes the final leadership capability. So through this process, which I call the real process, and through these leadership capabilities of self-awareness, empathy, and self-regulation, which is difficult, and integrity, you lead a beingful life. You lead by example. You understand others through empathy. You're aware of yourself through self-awareness. And you are steady, steady and organized and through self-regulation. So with this, you exemplify this, uh, this uh, concept of beingfulness. So that's why I think beingful leadership is, uh, is necessary. And uh, yes, it's a capability. It's a set of capabilities that you develop through time and practice. Well, that's a very long explanation though. <laughs> no, no, this is great. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but you've just provided us with two very, very important tools that'll help us be a little more beingful. The first was the real process where you gave us a framework and it has the processes of recognition, experience, anchoring, and of course, leading by example. And the daily meds, something that will help us through this process, I feel like. So thank you so much for sharing that. Given the relatability and the applicability of the concepts of beingfulness in all of our lives and work, we brought Professor back into the studio and posed to him some questions that we've been receiving from alumni of his courses and also listeners of this podcast. So here is this week's question. Professor, I think one of the other um, interesting letters that we've received is from uh, one of your students who's recently been promoted to the mm. role of manager. Mm. And... Uh, it's a very reflective uh, letter because she's very, very worried about creating mm. environments that might inculcate fear within mm. the yeah. people that report to her. And she doesn't yeah. want to do that because she's had experience of that herself right. and doesn't want to create that. Yeah. So how can she create safer spaces yeah. uh, within her team? That's yeah. her major question. Yeah, this is a very important question that goes to the heart of being for leadership. And it actually goes to the heart of what we need to do now in this world where everything is changing so dramatically, right? In a world that's disrupted, you, the leader, the manager, or whatever your role, may not have those insights that you previously had when things were more stable and you could go by your expertise. So the first thing to recognize deep down is to recognize that uh, you don't know everything. Mm. So, you know, you might uh, be many more years senior to this person, right. to your team members. You may have risen up through a lot of hard work and hard learning and so on, but the world has changed. And as a result, uh, you have to have that core conviction that I can learn a lot from others. Mm. What's called a learn it all mindset. It's not that I am now that I'm in a senior position, I tell everyone what I know. 
that's kind of a know it all orientation. Right. So that's the first one. And it comes down to ego. It comes down to that sense that uh, I'm the one who knows the truth over here. So you have to give that up. So humility. Yeah. Humility. Uh, right. Because it's a central. I mean, you don't have to be humble. Right. But some level of uh, humility and self awareness. Right. That I actually can learn mm. from this new person who's joined my team has a new perspective, but may have no experience at all in this domain, but yet, you know, learn knows things that I don't know. Right. Very likely knows how her her generation, mm. the tastes of a generation, preferences which I don't, mm. and I may be selling to that generation. So some level of internal humility that I can learn. So that's I would say the starting point. That's the seed. Right? Okay. But it's not enough to know it inside you. You have to also demonstrate. Mm. So you have to lead by example. And how do you lead by example? You do more listening than telling. Often, uh, you know, team leaders, managers in a meeting, they're the first ones to go with their opinions. Right. And then it becomes hard for others to express something that's different, that's contradictory. So don't create that kind of a situation. So do mm. a lot of listening. Solicit inputs from others. Ask them what you think. Go around the table. Then you can, you know, integrate that information. So that's the second part. Be a good listener. Mm. I think that's a fundamental one. And uh, the third one is uh, to restrain that urge to contradict someone. You know, right. someone tells you something and you feel, oh, that's not correct. And then you as a manager, someone who's more experienced, try to correct that person. Right. At some level, shoot bullets at that person. Someone suggests ideas to you and we have a natural tendency to shoot it down. You know, it's uh, to show that uh, they've not thought it through and I know the details and so on. You have to restrain that. Hmm. So see yourself not as a person who uh, shoots down questions, even though the intention is good, ideas, but someone who constructs the ideas with that person. Okay. Find something, a core that is good and help that person build on it. You know, give suggestions for improving that idea. You know it will be tested later. Right. It's not that all bad ideas will get implemented. The test will come later. But in the early stages, it's, uh, it's like a plant that is growing in the early stages. Right. So you have to nurture it. Mm. And you nurture it by your inputs, by your, you know, showing that you welcome these ideas. That's critical. And uh, that's uh, also called an exploratory response. You're keeping it open for exploration. And so that, that way people feel... Uh, and uh, then you know, the next step is to reward that kind of uh, people giving ideas, even if they are different from yours, mm. from their point of view, to show to the rest of your team members that uh, you're not afraid of these, that you right. reward them by, you know, pointing out good idea, you know, even perhaps uh, saying, you know, I made a mistake. Self-deprecatory humor is a good one. Mm. Always helps. Mm. You're not out there wanting to show you're perfect. So poking fun at yourself, that's actually a good way to, to right. by your poking fun at yourself is actually a sign of security, mm. not of insecurity. Mm. So using humor, using uh, this kind of approval of people who come up with different ideas, these are important ways. So you're leading by example. Right. You're making it easier for others. And uh, so through these, you create what's called psychological safety. People okay. are willing to speak up. People are willing to express a viewpoint that may be different from yours. Mm. And not to be threatened by that. That is really important. Right. Just because someone expressed a viewpoint different from you mm. doesn't mean you have to prove that uh, you, know, you're, you are the one in charge and so on. Right. Distinguish between ideas, ideas that come in, can come from anywhere, you're open to it and perhaps the ultimate decision making, that's still with you. Right. You're not giving that away. 
right by the idea not being yours hmm. so yeah so at some level be willing to give up ownership that the idea needs to be mine the approval needs to be mine that's a uh, lowering your ego what you point to right out, humility yeah. and i think this could be done across platforms whether it's virtual or in person and also up to the level of the organization itself absolutely. where the senior leadership can display all of these absolutely uh, yes yeah. Yeah. Now that's one. And you know you make a very good point because um, when I was talking about the individual manager right? right but you're pointing out the organization and that is yes. very critical many organizations uh, in fact the biggest danger to successful organizations is exactly what you pointed out. Mm. So successful organizations feel they have found a way to succeed and they will not entertain questions about that they feel that is the way to go but it's those organizations that are in greatest uh, risk. Hmm. by not creating psychological safety to express a different viewpoint maybe you're not doing the right thing maybe your business model is no longer relevant if you look at the history of companies that uh, collapsed in a few years hmm. and you know the usual suspects come to mind kodak and blockbuster and companies like that and that's because uh, they felt we had it we knew what uh, succeeds this is the way to go hmm. and were not willing to look at signals at other business models suggestions from employees customers telling them that uh, things are changing that your model is not relevant anymore right so that kind of uh, not drinking your own Kool-Aid right being humble internally skeptical you may be positive externally but you always uh, you know questioning yourself your assumptions right creating the psychological safety for people to speak up mm. this is something i teach in classes and it's astonishing how many very successful organizations fail very bright people Right. right right people but that gets in the way hmm. they don't have uh, they, they don't create that safety for right. the people to speak up and have multiple viewpoints right yeah. okay yeah. now that makes sense okay. okay thank you with that we come to the end of the fourth episode of the podcast series and we don't have much time today but in the next episode we'll hear some case studies of organizations that have been able to apply these tenets as they function in the practical world so stay tuned you can send in your questions at beingfulness@gmail.com or through linkedin and twitter all the links are provided in the description below please keep listening to the beingfulness podcast wherever you find your podcasts And thank you so much for tuning in today. Have a great week ahead.